0: So a trial of Edward Snowden um, would not allow him to stand up and say, here's why I did what I did, here's why this was justified, here's why I don't think it was harmful. Uh, And it wouldn't even require the government to establish that it was harmful. Facing that choice, um, he decided to go elsewhere where he thought that he could be safe from the reach of the United States. Uh, You can question his judgment. Um, I get much more upset when people question his motives.
1: Hi, I'm Raihan Salam, and this is the Vice Podcast Show. We're here today to discuss Edward Snowden, the former NSA contractor who's caused a roiling debate about technology and secrecy in the United States and in democracies around the world. I'm joined by Fred Kaplan, the war stories columnist for Slate.com, author of The Insurgents, and the Edward R. Murrow Press Fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, and also by Ben Wisner, the director of the Speech, Privacy, and Technology Program at the American Civil Liberties Union and Edward Snowden's legal advisor. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, you guys. Sure. So, Fred, you wrote an article recently for Slate.com about Edward Snowden, prompted by the fact uh, that a number of prominent figures, including some elected officials, are saying that. Maybe what Snowden did isn't so bad after all, and perhaps he deserves lenient treatment. But first, let's just establish, what exactly did Edward Snowden do?
2: Well, yeah, I wrote this column in response to a New York Times editorial, which said that he was a whistleblower who deserved clemency, or at least a serious plea bargain and reduced sentence for the good things that he did for the American public, namely to generate this debate that's now going on about the scope of the National Security Agency's domestic surveillance. So my point is that if that is all that Edward Snowden had done, is to release a bunch of very classified documents detailing the vast, vast scope of the NSA's domestic surveillance, far beyond what anybody thinks that they've been doing, far beyond what most congressmen, and at at certain points, beyond even what the secret court that oversees them had permitted them to do. If that's all that he had done, I would be fine with this. My point is that he did much more. He leaked documents about ongoing intelligence operations that the NSA and CIA are doing in foreign countries which fall well within the NSA's legal charter. For example, intercepting email traffic among the Taliban in the Northwestern territories of Pakistan. Uh, Some documents about a CIA program to gauge the uh, reliability of CIA assets in Pakistan, thereby giving away that we have CIA assets in Pakistan. The first thing he did almost when he arrived in Hong Kong was to give an interview to the South China Morning Press in which he said that the NSA routinely monitors or intercept stuff from hundreds of computers in China and Hong Kong. To me, this is not whistleblowing. This is not informing the American public of things that they ought to know that their government is doing in their name. This is taking down an intelligence agency. Now, if you want to take down an intelligence agency, you know, you have a right to say so, but you should say that that's what you're doing.
1: Let's go back a little bit further. You also suggest that uh, Edward Snowden uh, actually came into this work initially intending to do some harm along these lines. Well, I He didn't misled s- some of his uh, colleagues. Yeah. Uh, can you- I,
2: I didn't say this. He told the South China Morning Press that he took the job as a Booz Allen contractor at an NSA facility in Hawaii because he knew from previous work that he'd done in the NSA as an NSA employee, that there was information there about all these things that he then leaked. He went there with the intent, I, with the intent purpose of taking the documents and leaving the country and uh, providing them to the press. And there's a story in Reuters by two reporters who have been very critical of the NSA and the British counterpart to the NSA, reporting that one way that he got this information was to mislead 20 to 25 of his fellow employees, saying, hey, I need, can you give me your uh, password and login uh, information, because I need it for this work that I'm doing. He was a systems administrator. And in fact, he used that information to broaden the scope of the kind of information that he used. And these 20 to 25 co-workers were, were in fact fired. Can we employers. stop right here?
0: Because that story is actually false. Uh, That story that was, you know, self-servingly leaked to these Reuters reporters is simply not true. Um, Mr. Snowden has denied it, but not just Mr. Snowden. Self-servingly leaked by Mm -hmm. the NSA? Absolutely. Uh, But one of his former co-workers um, reached out anonymously to Andy Greenberg at Forbes magazine uh, and said that story was completely false, uh, that the idea that 25 NSA workers would be duped into turning over their passports was silly, that the acts had he had was in connection to his job, um, that he was a genius among geniuses, that he was a thoughtful employee, that he had a copy of the Constitution on his desk. I think you need to be really careful um, when you are presenting anonymously sourced stories that come from the NSA as facts about what Mr. Snowden did or didn't do.
2: Well, I I will stipulate, I don't know if it's true, but I'll stipulate that the story isn't true. My main point about what Snowden did is, is unaffected
0: So by. let's talk about that, what did Snowden do. Because um, I do think that there is a sort of baseline misperception about what he did or didn't <clears> do. Um, uh, you know, there is this perception that he took all of this incredibly secret material and handed it over to the public. Um, and, and that simply isn't the case. Um, you know, what he did um, is he took material that he had access to from his jobs, uh, material that probably should have been better protected by the security state, uh, uh, and he gave it to journalists whom he selected. His instruction to those journalists was, uh, I have been in the intelligence community for 10 years. Uh, I'm not in the best position to decide what is or is not in the public interest to publish, but I'm very, very troubled by what I see. Uh, And I want you and your editors in consultation with the United States government to decide what to publish. Uh, And I don't want you to publish things that will cause harm to intelligence programs, and I do want you to publish things that will be in the public interest. Uh, And so part of what I think Fred is arguing with is um, he disagrees with Bart Gellman and his editors in The Washington Post about those articles that he mentioned, um, whether those were in the public interest. That doesn't mean that Edward Snowden um, doesn't have responsibility for having given them to Bart Gelman. Uh, but it wasn't Edward Snowden's decision to, to publish any single document. Those decisions were made by the journalist who he's uh, working with. I, mean, I don't actually think that, that, that that's sophistry, if that's what you're about to say, <laughs> uh, because... Um, it's
2: more than sophistry. Well, go ahead. Oh, we'll, well, look, <laughs> when you take a job like this, uh, you sign a contract where you say that you will not provide this information to anyone who is unauthorized, who is not authorized to receive it. We're not talking here about stuff that is stamped secret or stuff that is stamped top secret. This stuff is topped, stamped top secret. No foreigners, specially compartmented intelligence. A very, you know, there are a lot of people who have clearances. There are many, many fewer people who have clearances at this level. Edward Snowden was a systems administrator. It's like a janitor in an office who has the key to every single executive office there. He can get into the logins and the passwords of anybody by himself.
1: I- Quick clarifying question yeah. uh, for Ben. Do you think it makes any material difference how Snowden or any employee of a national security bureaucracy actually gathers the information? Or do you think that that's ultimately immaterial? What matters is uh, how the disclosures were made uh, and the importance of the disclosures, uh, et cetera? Well,
0: I do certainly think that the, the disclosures speak for themselves, and that's the most important issue. It is interesting uh, that someone in Mr. Snowden's position, who was at the end of his career, a contractor who wasn't even employed by the NSA, um, could have access to, to all of what the NSA now says he had access to, um, it does call into question their assurances that these systems are safe from abuse uh, and that they know that they haven't been abused uh, if someone like Mr. Snowden is able to walk out that way. But I do think that that is, you know, to a certain extent, beyond, beside the point. Uh, but, but to take a, another very large step back, um, Fred is absolutely right um, that some of these documents were, were classified at the highest degree possible, Um, documents that the United States government considered so sensitive. Uh, you know, of course, the same is true uh, of documents that reveal the existence of the CIA's network of secret prisons uh, in in Europe and Asia. Uh, the same yeah, is true but that, of but that's not
2: what we're well, we'll
0: get to that about. in a second. But but I, I do think that that the the document that was classified at the highest level here uh, is the one whose diclo- disclosure you consider the most legitimate, uh, and that was an order from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court uh, to Verizon saying every day you should turn over all telephone data for all of your customers in America. Now, you said at the beginning of this, if that's what Mr. Snowden had disclosed, um, you would probably mm-hmm. say he should get amnesty and he should get... Uh, I wouldn't
2: say amnesty.
0: Well, maybe you wouldn't say amnesty, but the, 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 the point is I don't think that we, either one of us agrees that the classification stamp um, by someone in the national security state um, is the end of the discussion about whether the public I, should see something. I agree with that, 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 that if, if, if it were, the public would be excluded um, from all kinds of very, very critical conversations about what our intelligence Mm-hmm. Agencies and our
1: military are doing. Well, I, I do want to address one question uh, and something that we ought to bring up, which is that uh, Fred, you've been one of the most incisive critics of U.S. national security policy in the post-9/11 era, uh, and certainly when you're looking at much of the reporting that's been done about. Uh, torture allegations about uh, the treatment of military detainees, but also much else. Uh, This has depended on uh, disclosures of sensitive information, information that in various meaningful ways has, you could argue, degraded the ability uh, of the U.S. military to to do its work, I mean, you know, just right. if you believe that the perceptions of I don't
0: US think there's any question sure that the
2: Abu
1: Ghraib
0: but... photos led to the death of U.S. soldiers in Iraq.
2: I think that's. that's I ju-
1: and yet, I also don't. I also don't think that you would disagree that they needed to be published I and should th- have been
2: published. I do too. You're so, right.
1: so I'm curious as to your thinking about that. I mean. Uh, You know, because it seems though, you know, the two of you are people who would have been on the same side of many of the debates that we've seen Mm -hmm. uh, over the last uh, decade plus, Uh, yet, you know, here's an area where you have some disagreement. so tell me what is different about some of those revelations we saw uh, during the Iraq era, et cetera?
2: Well, as I say, these were what quite a lot of the Snowden memos, Snowden leaks, reveal are ongoing intelligence operations, Concerning policies, I mean, for example, you know, the, the intercepts of emails of, of Taliban in the Northwest Territories, of Pakistan. Okay, look, I've I've been very critical of the of the war in Afghanistan. Uh, I've been critical about drone strikes. Nonetheless, these are policies that are not illegal, uh, that have been approved openly. You know, ordered by the president, approved by the Congress. Uh, this is, this is ancillary to legitimate U.S. policy, whether you agree with it or not. And leaking this kind of stuff uh, is not something for a 30-year-old systems administrator deep in the bowels of the NSA to decide. You
1: raise an interesting issue, uh, which is an issue you could you could summarize as, who elected you Edward Snowden, which is a subject that Snowden himself has explicitly addressed. So, I mean, I guess one question is, look, we have democratically decided that we are going to have, uh, you know, a large U.S. military presence in Afghanistan that is going to be doing X, Y, and Z, uh, and some of these intelligence-gathering efforts are pursued. To achieving those goals that we've decided that we ought to have. So one question is, you know, Edward Snowden has, in this sense, appointed himself as someone who is allowed to disclose this information and not this information, et cetera. So tell me a bit about you know, your perspective on that, uh, and you know, well, whether do, or not it's appropriate wanna, for him to appoint himself. I, I want to respond to something that
0: I think is a theme in in Fred's remark about remarks about which leaks are legitimate and which are illegitimate. And I think it breaks down roughly, although not exactly, um, uh, along the following lines. Um, Leaks that are about domestic programs that are arguably illegal um, are legitimate. Um, leaks that are about global surveillance programs that are almost certainly not illegal, certainly under the current structure, uh, are illegitimate uh, and and should not have occurred. Is that a fair characterization of your? Is that, is your that, view? Is that no, roughly? I said it's it wasn't. Rough. Yeah, it's no, rough. I, I think it's rough. And, and, and Fred, I think we'll have plenty of time to to respond mm-hmm. uh, to what I'm going to say. Um, he, here's my problem with that formulation. Um, to the extent possible in a democracy. Uh, the public should consent and approve of what its military is doing abroad. Uh, The NSA is a very significant arm of the United States military. Uh, The fact that it is engaged in global dragnet surveillance, uh, even if it doesn't implicate the Constitution, uh, is something that the public ought to know about, um, even if it doesn't violate the law, unless, unless those disclosures Uh, reveal sensitive sources and methods that will actually make the NSA's job difficult, uh, will expose a source who could then be harmed. Uh, I I think we all agree that there's a category of information, certainly Mr. Snowden agrees. Uh, You haven't seen disclosures about surveillance on specific people. Um, You haven't seen disclosures that would reveal the identity of undercover operatives. So I think that we all agree that there is an area of disclosures that should not take place. And the question of where that line should be drawn, to me, doesn't break down under domestic or foreign or even legal or illegal, uh, because some of the most significant fallout from these disclosures has had nothing to do with illegal programs and has had nothing to do with domestic programs. Uh, if you look at the report, uh, President Obama asked five uh, of his uh, you know, associates, including some of his old friends and some people who were high up in the intelligence agency, to review the NSA's operations in light of these disclosures. Some of their most significant recommendations uh, have to do with the NSA scaling back some of its collection activities overseas and treating with greater legal sensitivity the data collected from foreigners, uh, including you know, applying U.S. law, the Privacy Act, to some of those. So. And some of the greatest objections to the NSA's programs have come from technology companies, um, not because of domestic operations, but because of what the NSA was doing to hack into their systems abroad. Some of the articles, I think, that Fred has questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to me, the question is, I mean, we could have a Talmudic debate, d- debate about what a whistleblower is, mm-hmm. uh, and, and <clears throat> if you want to define whistleblower as someone who uh, only reveals programs that are considered illegal under current law, then I will grant that he doesn't meet that definition. No. To me, the question is, yeah, it, it, should the public know or not know this information? Uh, and if the public should know it, I mean, I guess that's my question for you. Do you well, think there? Do you think you that there have been articles that should not yeah, have been published?
2: Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. You mentioned one of the things that that should be out of bounds is sources and methods. He revealed sources and methods. Look, when we're, when I didn't rep- say all sources well, and hold methods. Hold on. He didn't <laughs> mention names, but he mentioned here's the way that the NSA intercepts certain kinds of information. He, Which
1: tells targets,
2: uh, could potentially tell them how yeah, to. Exactly. But not only that, look, if you're a reporter covering a war, uh, basically, you know, you, you abide by certain rules such as you don't give away the location of the troops, uh, you don't reveal everything that's out there. Yes, the public has to approve should know in general terms what's going on in a war. That doesn't mean that they have to know the technical operations, how intelligence is gathered, uh, you know, where things are. If, if if, all the information could somehow be confined just to Americans, that would be one thing, but it's not, anything that's out there also goes way out there. Let me give you an example.
0: But again, this is media criticism. I will let you. You
2: talk for three minutes, let me talk for three minutes. <laughs> the kind of the gold standard for Whistleblower leaks is Daniel Ellsberg who leaked a a huge volume which has been dubbed the Pentagon Papers Which was an official? top-secret classified study that Robert McNamara as Secretary of Defense ordered in the in the mid 60s late 60s to, uh, to answer the question How did we get into this war which was by then clearly a disaster and? This showed how we got into the war the mistakes the assumptions the lies Ellsberg thought that if the public knew how we got into the war that pressure would build to end it So he leaked it now what he did not leak There were several volumes of these papers which went into details about ongoing peace negotiations He didn't give that away He knew nothing and he actually had he had very high level Levels of class of of clearances top-secret clearances. He didn't say anything about Tactical operations in the Vietnam War. He did not then go to Hanoi and, uh, you know, denounce the war from Hanoi and uh, say what a wonderful leader and defender of human rights Ho Chi Minh was. I mean, there are lots. Of, and and by the way, I mean, and Ellsberg, at the time, I mean, he had participated in extremely classified studies of the command control system of our nuclear forces in the late 50s and early 60s. And in fact, the reason, and he'll tell you this, the reason why Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger were so alarmed when they learned that Ellsberg was the source of the Pentagon Papers, they knew Ellsberg, Kissinger did, they were worried that he might also be leaking this stuff. And that, in fact, it's kind of ironic, is why they burglarized his psychiatrist's office. There's a lot to unpack
1: in your invocation of the Ellsberg Mm -hmm. example. Before we do that, can I just say one thing? Um,
0: Fred is criticizing. Bart Gellman of the Washington Post, and Scott Shane of the New York Times for publishing articles that Fred thinks should not have been published. Um, is that right, Fred?
2: Um, yes, right? Not exactly. I mean, Bart and Scott, and every editor who deals with these kinds of stories, uh, well, every, you know, in American newspapers anyway, they do go through it, and they always say, details have been removed from this story. And they talk to believe, the government. Yeah, that we believe, uh, uh, I mean, look, I've, had the, I've dealt with these Actually, kinds of Actually, this is
1: something that a lot of people don't necessarily yeah, know about. I've dealt
2: with these kinds of stories before. Usually, when you, when you grasp onto something that you realize is an oh my God document. But this is standard practice standard among practice.
1: reporters who cover national security.
2: You right. go to your editor, you look at it, and if there's some questionable things, you call up people in the CIA or the NSA, it's usually the White House, though, and say, look, uh, here's what we've got. If something is truly like, do not let this out, this is gonna be bad, let's talk about that. And they talk about that, and sometimes the editors and reporters say, okay, we'll leave that out, and sometimes they don't. And, and it's, it, this is a, a subject for a completely different discussion. I disagree.
0: I think it's a subject for this discussion, because I think that well, you're trying no, to no, hold Edward. I don't,
2: know, I don't know what Bart, and others left out of their stories, and, and they're not—they're not saying either.
0: We're talking about what they didn't leave out, and you were saying it shouldn't have been published. I I'm mean Your whole argument things. is based on the fact that that articles you've just referred to articles published on the front page of the Washington Post and the New York Times. Uh, the, the specific things that you said the public shouldn't have known, uh, and that Edward, Edward Snowden should not have given to journalists, were published by the New York Times and the Washington Post after close consultation with the United States government. You were saying the stuff that was
1: left in should not have been published. I, I just want to be clear that. that.
2: That's your point. Okay. I, I would say that That's, some of it. Uh, probably so it is fair to say that you're questioning
1: published. the judgment to some degree yes. of yeah, exactly what he's so. doing
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah But let me add one more thing, and and I think we do need to get to this subject. I think it needs to be cleared up whether anybody else has this material. Uh, we, we
0: should certainly get to that. For
2: example, look, it, it is this this needs to be discussed uh, that he fled to Hong Kong which is a protectorate of China, and then went to Moscow. Now the story, and I know, is that he went to Moscow and he was going to get a connecting flight to Cuba and from there go to someplace in Latin America. You don't believe it? I don't believe it. If you're in Hong Kong or if you're in Hawaii and you want to go to Latin America, there are a lot of ways to get to Latin America without going through Hong Kong and then Moscow. Uh, it's true that once he got to Moscow, the United States took away his passport. He says, well, I can't leave. Look, if the Russian government had wanted him to leave, they could have issued him a temporary visa which would have allowed him to go to the transit lounge or Sheremetyevo airport. And then you could have gone anywhere. What's the point, point,
0: point of all this? I mean I'm, My I'm
2: point is this. There is a story, and maybe you can tell me whether he's told you this is true. There's a story in the Russian press and Commerçant newspaper, which is a respectable business paper, largely in Moscow. Look, I was a Moscow correspondent for three years. I know a little bit about this. And they reported well. that, you know, he disappeared in Hong Kong for three days. Nobody you know where he went. Commerçant reported that he was in the Russian consulate. Edward Snowden has told James Risen of the New York Times that he did not take any classified information with him when he went to Russia. I want to know, and listen, this is not a, conspira- a right-wing nut conspiracy question. No, It's a legitimate Go question. From a new did accusation. he give anything to the Russians at the consulate in Hong Kong? Did they discuss asylum? Who brought it up, him or them? Are there trades? Look, the thing is this. Let's not underestimate things. If, so, if a Russian or Chinese Snowden came to the United States, the NSA—wait, the NSA, hold on, no, no—I to make this point. The NSA would be all over him to get information, and if he wanted to stay in the United States, a deal would be struck. I want to know the FSB, the, the Russian security service. It, it's an absurd claim to say that they're less ruthless than the CIA, the FBI, or the NSA. I think it has to be examined whether some kind of deal was cut. Well, before we go into this, just yeah, one, I mean, one
1: question then. <laughs> Do you think that if, if somehow we discover that that is in fact true, uh, that Snowden did disclose uh, valuable information to, let's say, the Chinese or uh, the Russian uh, intelligence bureaucracies. Would that be reason not to grant him leniency or clemency? Yes, or and money? if
0: the world were flat, we'd have and to yes? be very careful.
1: Of course,
2: this is not the so world. Just yes. flat. This we would have to. we no, no, no. sure, Stop. No, it would be a... very.
0: We, I, I would try not to fall off the end of the world. If Snowden had handed the U.S. government secrets to to China and Russia in exchange for being able to how about be how yeah, no, I, I think that would change the situation enormously. The problem is there's nothing that I can say that will satisfy Fred because you cannot prove a negative. What if I said, what if I said that Snowden has told me Mm-hmm. that he did not spend any days in the Russian consulate. Well, where was he? In Those Hong Kong. No, see? Okay. So, if you, first of all, would you believe him? And second mm-hmm. of all, if you did believe him, would it change your view of anything, whether he had or had not been there? Why you is would it so important? Cha-
2: it's very important. Well, it's well, very important. Because of what? I mean, he has <laughs> because, look, <laughs> no, the, no, cold no. War, there's, the Cold War is over. Russia and China Fr- are Fred. not our ideological... Wait, let me make this point. Y- y- the, I'm let letting you make, make every point. point. It is your not, hand's my face. No, it is not... They're not our ideological enemies anymore. However... In the realm of cybersecurity, cyber conflict, cyber war, cyber crime, call it what you will, Russia and China are the countries that are penetrating the computer networks of our financial system, of the Defense Department, of, of, of you know, planting logic, trying to plant logic bombs. In, in electrical and water plants. This isn't a conspiracy well, Fred, give, or not. Give me a moment. So, give me a, if no he is it. giving this kind of information... But he's just, not. Just, <laughs> but just, so guys, 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 no give,
1: give, give me a moment here. Just, uh, but mm-hmm. so, so, for you, So your point is that it's hard to prove a negative, certainly hard yes. to prove it to the satisfaction of people who are convinced uh, that Snowden must have disclosed this kind of information, but I want to know from you. If you're the United States government, if you believe that it really would be a problem had he disclosed this kind of information, how can you be assured that that, that it didn't happen? I mean, just... Why are you asking a question like that? I mean, look, the United States government knows a lot more than Fred knows
0: about what China or Russia might have access to, mm-hmm. uh, they would know if Snowden had stolen, you know, millions of documents, and the Chinese and Russians had access to it. There were there are a thousand ways that the United States government would see that, um, be, because of the massive surveillance that we do on those countries. Um, th- the fact that that only a few right wing members of Congress are making this accusation, and the that people in the security an state, are, that uh, and, an and, and, and that people in the NSA at the very high levels are saying we need to sit down with this person to have a conversation uh, about, you know. Possibly amnesty in exchange for other things. Look, they that know. That suggests that they know they, the, they, the limits, they is what it goes. That Wait, the information is, has not been. Uh, uh,
2: One person on the NSA talked about that the. head of worth, this noted
0: task force. That
2: it would be worth having a conversation but, but, about, you know, it doesn't mean. But, and then and this was, was completely. The president completely disassociates. I'm regretting himself having comment.
0: participated in this conversation because there really is no way to respond to that kind of innuendo. All I can give are his denials and mine, and there's no way that will satisfy well, look, me, Fred, Let me just
2: say that this is not a right wing thing. I would say well, hold on. I would say that three quarters of the people I've talked to, including some people on the president's and what commission, would satisfy are them. very suspicious. <laughs> Well, we've established that. Why did he go to Moscow,
1: guys? We've established people sure are suspicious, that be but I think oh, that. Oh,
2: come on. Yeah, let's not broadcast it. Let's I'm censor sure.
0: it. I feel like we've heard a lot of speculation. I don't know yeah. if
2: we. Can- we're, we're off. We're off the air yeah. now. Look, if somebody goes to Moscow and it's a weird, it's a weird transit point for where he wants to well, go but, but guys, guys guys yes. but but fred, no, no, fred, fred i think no, yeah. fred i think
1: that's fair and sure. i think that you raised the point and i think that it's i think okay, it would be so useful for us find. to move on but to something else but you're not going to cut this no, are you no no we do you said to, it
2: shouldn't be broadcast i'm saying what kind that if the conversation from I'm an saying, an ACLU i you
0: I'm not saying it should be censored. As far That's as I'm what concerned, you said. No no. No, 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 no. Actually, I wouldn't mind if this were broadcast. Like, I wouldn't mind all, it either. It's fine. We can broadcast the whole
1: thing. Wh- what I mean is this conversation is not interesting. That's why. Yes, I well, I it is. It's absolutely extremely interesting. But I think that we've just established the contours of the debate. Uh, oh, and I but think but that we, we did we it in go the go wrong on.
0: order. Because he didn't. Well, here, here's why, Fred. Uh, I think we need to have a conversation, Rahan, I don't know if you were planning to go here, about why Snowden didn't stay here to stand trial. That's and, a different issue, it's no, no, where
2: he went. Absolutely, right?
0: and, but I think if you have the first one, um, then the second question becomes, um, if he's not gonna be here, where should he be? Right. And I'm happy to have that conversation of where you think
1: that he could well, be. Just, just to clarify, yeah. just to set it up, So. You know, one issue is, if Edward Snowden did something that is fundamentally unobjectionable, if he did something that is a- actually about, you know, protecting uh, the values of a liberal democracy, mm-hmm. then a lot of people are wondering, why did he leave the country, sure. why did he go, Not so. Really that. Are we wh- on,
2: are we on, by the way? Because uh, I, I w- thing- I'd
1: like us to be on, and my goal is okay. to ask yeah. a question well, yeah. so that he we also, can get back into look it. Well, let's look
2: at what he did when he got to Russia. He gave a talk to a human rights group in which he thanked and praised the governments of Russia, Venezuela, and some others for upholding human rights against big powers. I mean, to go to Russia and to say that Russia is upholding human rights, I mean, I don't know if this is, if he's a tool or just incredibly naive.
1: Okay, so let's go through why would someone in Stone's position uh, want to leave the country? Well, I think we also, we, we also haven't, um,
0: in sufficient detail, Uh, explained, you know, what he did and what the consequences of this have been. Um, You know, he made disclosures to journalists. Uh, A series of articles have been published um, that have revealed the nature and scope of the NSA's domestic and global spying operations. Now, the first offense that we heard from the administration was, um, these programs have been approved and ratified by all three branches of government. Uh, And there actually is a certain truth to that. Uh, the programs had been approved by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which is a secret court that hears only from the government. Uh, the programs were overseen by Congressional Intelligence Committees, which uh, are, are, I think Fred would agree, as often captured by the intelligence community as they oversee it. Uh, and of course, they had been overseen by the, the and approved by the NSA itself. What's happened since? Um, there's been... You know, historic reform efforts in all three branches of government. Um, as the dispute is moving from the secret courts into open federal courts, uh, for the first time, we're having judges question whether the programs are constitutional. Um, as this has moved to the full Congress, the Congress is now considering legislation that would be the most sweeping intelligence reform legislation since the 1970s. Uh, and even the executive branch, even the president, uh, has acknowledged that the NSA was essentially out of control and needs to be reined in both abroad um, and at home. Um, so I think that, that, that well, he did. I and mean, his, his, his report said that, and, and I think that certainly he said that in connection to the, the Uh, allegations that there had been surveillance on the personal cell phones of foreign leaders, uh, Mm -hmm. as well as some of the dragnet operations abroad. your point is that this couldn't have happened? There is no way this could have happened. Uh, And probably Fred would agree with that too. This isn't a situation where someone stumbled on something scandalous uh, and had a choice either to report it to his superiors or to take it to the newspaper. Um, What he saw in his job um, was a surveillance apparatus that his superiors and the traditional overseers deemed legal for the most part. Uh, They didn't think, they wouldn't have thought it was scandalous. If he had gone to his superiors, as he tried to do, um, they would have ignored him or crushed him, which happens to whistleblowers. If he had gone to Congress, well, they already knew. Uh, People in Congress were on the floor of the, uh, uh, Senator Wyden was on the floor of the Senate saying, if the American people knew what I knew, they would be outraged, but I'm not able to tell them about it. Um, So there wasn't actually any other way for him to do this other than to bring the public into the conversation by bringing the press um, into the debate about what should be public and what should not be public. I think it's an important predicate. Now, having done those things, um, should he have stayed in the United States to to face the music the way that traditional civil disobedience takes place? You you break a law that you consider unjust. um, You desegregate a lunch counter that's segregated, and you go to jail to to pay that penalty. Here's the problem with that argument, and I hope we can have this conversation. The law under which Snowden has been charged is a World War I-era espionage statute. it essentially equates leaks to the press, whether they're in the public interest or not, with spying for a foreign enemy. Uh, And in fact, the Justice Department has taken the position in recent prosecutions uh, that leaks to the press are more damaging to the country. Um, than selling secrets to a foreign enemy, because the whole world gets to see this information um, rather than just a single person. Uh, And in fact, the Justice Department has successfully argued in these prosecutions um, that that evidence that the leaks were in the public interest, Um, all of the the consequences, all the positive consequences from this, um, are are not just irrelevant but inadmissible in these kinds of prosecutions. So a trial of Edward Snowden um, would not allow him to stand up and say, here's why I did what I did, here's why this was justified, Here's why I don't think it was harmful. Uh, And it wouldn't even require the government to establish that it was harmful. Just the fact that someone had stamped these documents top secret um, would essentially ensure that Mr. Snowden would serve decades in prison. Facing that choice, um, he decided to go elsewhere where he thought that he could be safe from the reach of the United States. Uh, You can question his judgment. Um, I get much more
1: upset when people question his motives. So I have two quick questions, one for Although you. Although
2: I do want to answer that.
1: One question for you, Fred, is that we do see routine leaks from the national security bureaucracy, many of which are leaks that seem to be deployed by people within it in order to help achieve certain purposes right. of their own. Uh, so I wonder what you make of that and how that fits into this larger landscape.
2: Well, look. And and, yes. and
1: feel free okay. to kind of respond as
2: Nobody well. Nobody has leaked anything like this. this I've heard... I don't know how many, it's been estimated from tens of thousands to one person told me it was 1.1 million documents, okay? Let me return to my main point. I agree completely that this debate that's going on, which I am very much in support of, would not have happened without Edward Snowden's activities. That, that, that's indisputable. However, my, is again, my main point is that he went way beyond what we are now celebrating. And that has to be taken into account. Uh, you know, some people say that the, uh, the President's Commission report in particular vindicates Edward Snowden. It does no such thing. There's a fairly lengthy section in the report uh, talking about better ways to secure the information within the NSA and DARPA and, and other highly secretive organizations. Uh, the courts, yes, one lower court judge, district judge, has said that you know, these kinds of operations are, are Orwellian and violate the Fourth Amendment. The appellate court ter- overturned that, that ruling. No, it didn't. So, it hasn't even been on appeal yet. It it, it a, it's not, just actually it incorrect. It hasn't even
0: gone to the D.C. Circuit yet.
2: Well, i The appeal hasn't even taken place yet. Well, who, what, what judge? You're talking is about it, Judge Leon. Yeah, yeah, but what judge did say this is, we don't agree with A this.
0: judge in another state who's also a lower
2: court judge. All right, whatever. Anyway, whatever. Though, I, I, well, I would say, I would, I would bet you. What's bet? $100,000 right now that the appellate, the appellate court will overturn Leon's judgment. Uh, and well, the Supreme that's, Court? That's, that's I don't a, know. It won't get to the Supreme Court. I this, can get to you. That's a you separate that. question. Separate question. But look, the point is, we're not. What, 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 we're, we're talking about two different things here. He keeps At talking least. about the good things that, that were. Oh, I, I wanted to deal with one thing. What, what his alternatives were? He, his alternatives were not limited. Uh, there are only about eight people in the Congress who know about these kinds of things. He could have gone to somebody else. who who was out of the gang of eight. It's the key members of the uh, select intelligence committees. But surely there were
1: plenty of people who would have wanted to arrest him, uh, you know, kind of had he begun to approach- Possibly, but
2: look, Daniel Ellsberg, let's return to the gold standard. Before he took his stuff to the New York Times, he went to a number of anti-war senators, he, he, listen, Ellsberg was really not the kind of guy. He Ellsberg came out of this community. He was not the kind of guy to go to the press. He went to lots of different places that basically said, no, I want I want nothing to well, do with it." Well,
1: of course, this. one view is that Daniel Ellsberg, part of the reason why we see him the way we do now is because much time has passed and... Uh, it is Also, let me, let me no, just no, make
2: no, fact, one more point. Yeah, at least. I would have been fine. There were maybe, what, 10, 20 documents that basically show what he wanted to show? 10 to 20? He learned, you know he, he unleashed tens of thousands. he took with him, uh, I understand well, he,
1: well, as we've established, he's working with journalists he's not he hasn't Allah Julian Assange has not released this information as an open database to the to the wider public. That's if true. you could go back to
0: the early 1970s. And show tape of this kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be someone sitting in Fred's chair who would be saying much worse things about Daniel Ellsberg than Fred is saying about Edward Snowden. That's right true, now. but
2: I don't think you would was... have found anybody who opposed the war who, who would say such things about. Him. And I oppose many things. Well, that but, let's, say but let's about just hear, let's I, hear I, Ben's I, point.
0: I think the point is um, that the kind of claims of harm to national security, revelation of sources and methods. Um, that, that get brought out, that are, that are the, the uh, most common play in the government's playbook, do not stand the test of time very well. Right. Um, no, 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 hang on. The, the, the Solicitor General, the top lawyer for the United States, uh, tried to block the publication of the Pentagon Papers in the New York Times and, in fact, went to a federal court to try to enjoin the publication, succeeded temporarily. Uh, and the argument that the Nixon administration and its lawyers made to the court was that publication of these documents would reveal sources and methods uh, and would cause grave and irreparable harm to the national security. You know, that same lawyer, fifteen years later, wrote an op ed in The Washington Post in which he said, Uh, The the op-ed was called Secrets Not Worth Keeping, and he said that he had never seen a shred or a trace of evidence that any harm had been caused. (laughs) But I'm saying that these kinds of claims that you hear, the very overheated claims that uh, our surveillance is gonna go dark, terrorists are gonna learn our methods, other countries are going to learn our methods, very, very very rarely stand up very well. Let me ask
2: you a question. Do you think that there is any, any operation of the NSA that should be kept secret?
0: Well, look, I think that there are certainly op- uh, uh, tools of the NSA that I don't know about um, that their publication would actually not just reveal what the NSA is doing, but teach adversaries how to do the same thing.
2: Well, some of those kinds of things were among the same. Among the
0: articles published by Scott yeah. Shane and Bart Kelman. And again, Fred disagrees with his colleagues in the press who have made these decisions that they made about what
1: should or should not well, be published. Um, one question I have for you. so. Part of the premise of why it was reasonable and appropriate for Edward Stone to leave the country is that he didn't have a guarantee uh, of security. He didn't have the guarantee that he would be able to um, you know, freely disclose this kind of information uh, and kind of you know, retain his kind of personal security. So doesn't that raise the question about a larger corruption of the American criminal justice system. Uh, I mean, I wonder for you as someone who is operating as an advocate, uh, you know, in the context of the U.S. courts and what have you, uh, it, does that raise some contradictions? Or is your view that uh, that actually it's not uh, irredeemable by any means and actually that there is some kind of constructive process I, whereby someone who makes reasonable disclosures can be protected? I don't think this is a question of corruption. I think this is a question of the national security
0: state having too much coercive authority. Uh, and about a classification and secrecy regime that's gotten out of control, uh, and about a statute that can be used to ensure that the only people who can disclose uh, secrets and classified information are those who are f- who are furthering a favored narrative. Uh, and when people actually uh, reveal things that the security state doesn't want to have revealed, um, then they're punished under a system that doesn't even allow them to justify themselves. Look, I think that the way that the Espionage Act has been applied to leakers since— And the, you think that can be fixed? That- I think the the way the Espionage Act has been applied to leakers since the mid 1980s is unconstitutional. Um, I think that that government employees don't lose their constitutional right. Uh, it's certainly curtailed somewhat by their position of confidence in the government. Uh, but I think the First Amendment requires them to be able to make a justification uh, and limits the state's ability to criminalize whistleblowing in the public interest. Uh, the lower courts that have considered this uh, in the last few decades have disagreed. The Supreme Court has never ruled on this. But look, I do think that. Uh, we could reform Um, are laws governing leaks and leak prosecutions um, in a way that would allow someone like Edward Snowden to have a fair trial. I think we haven't done that. Uh, I'm convinced that he would have gotten, you know, many decades in prison, if not life in prison, without ever having the chance to explain why he did what he did uh, and to justify what
1: he did what he did. Fred, I have a question for you. Given the seriousness, as you see it, of what Snowden has done, are you disturbed by the fact that you now have a large number of Pretty prominent uh, people who are now suggesting that, uh, you know, including the New York Times editorial page, who are now claiming that he is entitled to clemency. Uh, does that? Uh, what do you think that is? I mean, do you think that reflects well, a, some kind of intellectual failure no, on their no, part? I or? think.
2: It, I think, and this is why I wrote the column. I think they are focusing on part of what Snowden leaked. And on that the part— The
1: part that you consider defensible Yeah, that you,
2: yeah. And that but you
1: don't I think would have merited leaving the country. You think that had it just been that piece of it, there would have been no reason to leave?
2: No, he—listen, he, even the New York Times, they talked about a reduced sentence. I think—look, I don't know anybody—I don't know, maybe you disagree with this— who thinks that if Snowden came home and, and had the best possible result that you can imagine, I mean, I don't know anybody who who would doubt that he's still going to serve some jail time. You can't, listen, the NSA, you know, my my article was called Why Snowden Won't, and then in parenthesis, and shouldn't get clemency. Let's concentrate on the won't part first. The NSA, I mean, you know, you're talking about the crown jewels of secrecy. 20 years ago, you could not even mention the phrase communications intelligence which is what they did. That very phrase was classified. I mean, this is such, and I, I, I'm not saying this should be the case. But doesn't but this, that matter
0: whether it should be the case? No, Fred? hold on,
2: but I'm talking about won't, why he won't. You're having yeah. people getting, getting put on trial for, for leaking pretty low-level stuff to a newspaper, You know, one, reading from one document, and I'm against that. But here's a guy who, you know, who, who, who walks out the door with four laptops and a thumb drive worth of tens of thousands of the most highly classified documents there are, I'm saying that just, just as on a realistic level, even if everybody said, you know, Edward, everything that you're right, what you did was really helpful to our democracy and it had, we've looked into this and it's had no, no damaging effect on us at all. He's still going to serve some time. And not just for espionage, Act, There's also an act called stealing government documents. Well, there's one
1: question I want to ask you. We tried to get into this, this a little bit this before. This is
2: a practical thing.
1: Well, let's actually talk about it as a practical matter, right? Um,
0: as a practical matter, Fred, you find it just inconceivable that someone would commit what the country considers to be serious crimes under its laws and not be prosecuted or serve time. Um, These laws. Well, these laws. That's exactly the point. I mean, Washington is full of people who have committed very, very serious crimes and not even been charged. You know, lying to Congress is a very serious crime. Ordering the torture of prisoners is an extremely serious you. crime, and yet you're not saying those people won't get away with it. In fact, those people did get away I with know, it, and, and I'm those very, and I'm
2: upset about so, that. So, so,
0: but if that's the case, um, if people can commit very serious crimes that unquestionably harm the country. Uh, I don't understand why a, a, a conversation about an exceptional remedy um, for someone who many people believe really
1: helped the country um, should be so inconceivable. And or you've miss. argued that there's something wrong, there's something amiss when a whistleblower is punished more harshly than the people who commit the crimes that have been disclosed by the whistleblower. Uh, is that a fair characterization yeah, of your Yeah, I view? think it's right. I think that, that the value that's being vindicated by the
0: system um, is their ownership over the decision about what should be public and what should not be public. But
2: Much of, as I say, much of what Snowden leaked is not criminal. But Fred,
1: activity, would you? But not. But Fred, that's fair enough. But would you agree with that general principle that uh, you know that if the whistleblower is revealing real? crimes and abuses, that those crimes and abuses should be punished at least as harshly as the person who
2: discloses. Yeah, but in, in the Snowden case, we're not talking about crimes and abuses. We're talking about things that whether, listen. You that, have that,
1: called for James Clapper to be, fired. this is I somewhat have. separate issue. I've but. talked
2: about, I've, I've, I think I wrote the first column saying that James Clapper, the Based director on of national. Based national...
1: revelation,
0: right? Because if what Snowden hadn't revealed it, that, it, you wouldn't have known that James Clapper had lied. <sighs> Is that true?
2: Yeah, it's true. Okay. But, I so, actually, but but you're saying oh he no, gets away, but he doesn't. I'm no, saying no. Clapper should be fired. No, I'm There's saying no something different. About it.
0: I'm saying that there are there are different <clears> categories here, and I, I, again, I don't really care about wh- how people define the word whistleblower. Um, there are people um, who reveal, um, you know, hitherto unknown criminal activity uh, by the government, and I think we certainly agree. Um, that those people should either not be punished at all, but, uh, or very leniently. Then there's a different category. What
2: Snowden talking about is not What, a what Snowden activity. has
0: done is r- reveal something that this precisely that this that the system did not consider to be illegal, uh, but <laughs> consider to be legal, uh, and and and, and <clears throat> ha- had built up a whole secret regime uh, that had endorsed its legality. But when it was exposed, um, there is a debate um, that is fundamentally going to change the law, and not just about the collection of American telephone records, um, but about NSA global uh, spying operations as well. I do I want to
1: pivot back. Oh, and yeah. please, Fred, if just if you just, can put a button on
2: I don't on. think it's going to affect that much about NSA global activities. I think what you're going to find, and, and we'll we'll know this soon, but President Obama is going to give a speech this week, next, probably next week, about the reforms that he's instituting, and I think he's what I've been hearing, and it might not be true, is that what they're mainly going to focus on is changing the FISA Court so that it is, you know every single judge on the FISA Court is appointed by the Supreme Court Chief Justice. i I made a proposal in one of my articles quite a long time ago saying that each justice should be able to choose one person, so that it reflects the the balance of power within. Within the non-secret uh, court system. One, one
1: question I have is that there is something very strange when you have somewhat you, you have Senator Ron Wyden, who is, you know, notionally involved in the mm-hmm. oversight of intelligence. Well, not notionally. Although yes. not what yes. of the Gang of eight. But but, uh, but is then telling the public there are things that I would like to tell you, but I can't. So right. getting to the question of who elected Snowden, which is something that I think is actually a pretty mm-hmm. important idea. Um, in my understanding is that Snowden's view is that well, I was elected when these various oversight bodies failed in various ways. What do you make of that basic you know, argument? Do you think that it's actually, you know, just the, the argument from democracy? I
2: don't know. Democracy? It, It's, on the one hand, it's appealing, and, it, and it's good that somebody should be able to do that. On the other hand, you, you do, you know, Daniel Ellsberg figured that he was going to go to jail for quite a while. And the only reason why he didn't go to jail is that the Nixon administration... Offered the judge the directorship of the FBI. They went to the judge who was handling the Ellsberg case and said here How about how would you like to be the new FBI director the judge properly? took this as interfering with the justice system and And declared the case over and, and Ellsberg was freed. He has said and he knows very well that that's the only reason Why why he didn't go to jail? So, you know civil disobedience You know, what was it? Thoreau didn't pay taxes or something and he went to jail uh, you know, you, you pay up civil disobedience carries a price. The other question, and, and again, this is, it's a complicated thing, but, you know, do we want 29-year-old systems administrators, wherever they are, making decisions on the meaning of the Fourth Amendment? Do we want that? You know, do we want uh, people in the health system you know, who have access to records and who don't like abortion, say, and therefore, you know, doing something that makes it much harder for, for somebody well, but, to get abortion. But Ben, an abortion. I think that yeah.
1: I, I want to get to that fundamental question about democratic citizenship, because it does seem uh, as though, you know, that's the thing that we, is it, you know, a self-appointed 29-year-old, et cetera, this is kind of the idea that we hear. But it does seem as though there was something a little bit broken in how we tend to think about how the democratic process uh, ought to work here. Well, there is actually a fundamental problem, a fundamental tension that we all can agree.
0: Um, if you If you believe, as Fred does and as I do and as you do, Um, that there's some set of information that the government can legitimately keep secret. Um, Then you have this problem in a democracy, you know, how do you do oversight? Um, How do we have consent of the governed while the government conceals some information from the public? Uh, And it's actually been a problem that's not a new problem, it's a very old problem. The framers thought about this, too. Now, we constructed some mechanisms that were supposed to help us manage that tension. Um, we have intelligence commi- committees in our Congress that have specialized access to these programs. Um, we created the secret court system that is supposed to do that. Uh, you know, We saw, in, in a lot of ways, how these overnight oversight mechanisms failed during the Bush administration, uh, and what actually vindicated the democracy uh, was some very enterprising investigative journalism uh, and some very courageous whistleblowing. Um, we wouldn't have known about the NSA's original warrantless wiretapping program but for whistleblowers within the system and courageous journalists. We wouldn't have known about the Bush administration's torture program without that. So, so what I think we need, I, I'm trying to suggest a model here where journalists and whistleblowers um, are actually a feature and not a bug. Um, it's something that the, sort of the system creates um, by having inadequate and failed ordinary oversight mechanisms. Now, I think that, that, that what, what then happens is, w- w- we realize what. I mean, if, if, if Fred agrees with that structure, then we're talking about scale, uh, and we're talking about judgment. Um, we're talking about whether we, whether we can judge these disclosures on their terms, and, and not, not the, the motive mm-hmm. or intent. Um, but I think that what, what, what Snowden meant to do, uh, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, um, is to widen the circle of people Um, who had access to information about what he had seen uh, to include journalists um, who he had selected. Um, And and I do, I I think it's very, very important um, that that the public has not yet seen, our adversaries have not seen, terrorists have not seen um, anything except that which um, the nation's leading newspapers and the world's leading newspapers um, and their editors, um, there's no, no evidence that this is wrong, what I'm saying.
2: Well, we don't um, actually know that.
0: There is this very difficult problem All with right. democratic okay. oversight over over okay. over secret operations, yeah. um, and that the 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 press, yeah. um, uh, the the First Amendment protected free press. Um, has actually been the public's representative in ensuring that the security state doesn't
1: get to decide for itself, finally and irrevocably, mm. what the public will see and what it won't see. And your view is okay. that Snowden sort of has stayed within bounds, that he has, in operating through the press, in operating through uh, people who've been willing to work uh, with uh, the national security bureaucracy. Well, I
0: will say this, I can say more, which is that the journalists who, uh, uh, who Snowden gave the information to um, have in every single case, you know, gone to the government before they have published something. that they don't always agree with the government, but, but, you know, Fred probably hasn't always agreed with the government when he's had these, these <coughs> kinds of conversations. Now, I, I do want to keep that separate um, from the accusations that Fred makes about whether China or Russia has access to these materials, because I think that's a, that is a different category, uh, and I'm not sure that it's in any way rebuttable uh, by my telling you that it well, didn't happen.
2: what I was going right. to—I would say, you know, I think we—regardless of what Snowden did or who he told it to or whatever— Where is this information now and how secure is it? I mean, you know, the Russians and the Chinese and the French and a lot of, and we, you know, penetrate each other's computer networks all the time. That's what the NSA does. That's what the British equivalent does. The Russians do it, I I, I mean, I won't even, what the Russians do is, is unbelievable. The Chinese, of course, is anybody hacking into whatever computers are around that's holding this information now? It got out. It got out of its protection protective barriers. Where is it? And I would say no matter what kind of encryption devices Bart or or other people are putting on their own computers This is not invulnerable to other hackers.
1: I have a a question for you. There was a brilliant article in Foreign Affairs a little while ago called The End of Hypocrisy uh, Mm -hmm. by Henry Farrell and Martha Fenimore, if I recall correctly. And the thesis of the article, uh, it's really not uh, so much directly about Snowden as such. The argument, rather, is that we live in a society with flash drives. We live in a society with a variety of technologies that make secrecy, uh, much harder to achieve than it has been before. Uh, that uh, you know the, the very systems used by the national security bureaucracy, no matter how sophisticated they are, are actually very vulnerable to disclosures of this kind. And another implicit part of the argument is that the United States uh, and many of our allies uh, there, There is a common understanding among many informed people that we engage in intelligence collection efforts, et cetera, yet there's always a kind of plausible deniability, and that what's really meaningful about the Snowden leaks uh, is that some of that plausible deniability has been taken away, and that that has strategic implications. I'm curious as to your thoughts about that. I mean, do you do you buy strategic the— Strategic th- implications? What
2: do you mean in terms well, of— Well,
1: strategic implications, um, when the United States— can lecture China Mm, about uh, hacking and what have you. Uh, It's a lot easier to do that when you don't have uh, evidence about how the United States monitors uh, computer systems in other countries mudding the waters. Even though, by the way, I think one can make a plausible case that there's a meaningful difference between what the United States and what China does regardless. Or or when we're talking about Daniel Ellsberg, you could argue that in the Cold War era, perceptions uh, of the United States actually mattered a lot. And so the fact that it might change perceptions of the United States matter a lot too. So I'm curious as to your thinking about that.
2: Well, I mean, it is true. Um, you know, one part of the Fourth Amendment is, has to do with what people expect to be private. And that standard has changed a lot. I mean, you know, uh, if you have a Facebook account and then, let's say, you drop out and then five years later you say, actually, I'm going to get back on Facebook, well, Facebook has held on to all your information. For, they, they've stored it. It's still there. Uh, you know, who do you trust more, Facebook or the National Security Agency? I mean, probably Facebook, because the National Security Agency has police and military powers behind it. It's Facebook, it's not. No, it, it's the whole issue of privacy. You know, my, my, my kids, who are 28, uh, they have a completely different sense of privacy well, than what my, I
1: do. My question, though, is really about this idea of hypocrisy. The idea that hypocrisy is in some sense a valuable tool for a great power well, in achieving its foreign policy objectives. True, like, and, and how do you feel about, you know, I mean, I is s- that okay. the problem here? Is, is the problem that no, actually the, Snowden has revealed that many of the things that a lot of smart people thought were always true, revealed that they were in fact true and you couldn't really deny them I think some of anymore. the
2: stuff that, that we agree on that he leaked goes way beyond what people thought was going on. Uh, You know, there had been approval of this metadata uh, uh, program and and, and bulk collection, the idea of which, and you know, as a a kernel of of policy, it makes a certain amount of sense. For example, let's say you pick up uh, an intercept. You're just tracking. You're not listening to conversations. You're seeing who's calling whom and for how long and so forth. You're, You're looking at networks of communication. Uh, and it's it's seen that this one guy is, is calling a lot of very suspicious numbers in Pakistan And so you know you want to see what else this guy is doing you want to see who else is call He's calling and then they say well, you know We should also look at who those people are calling and they talk about three hops That means that this guy the guy he's calling and then the people they're calling well if you look at that And if you do the math You're talking about putting up to a million people under surveillance just on the basis of a suspicion of one person. Well, you know, this goes way beyond what anybody has thought what was going on. So basically, you get to the point where you're taking in everything. And, you know, my worry, and and I wrote a a column, and in fact, I started work on it before anything about Snowden, it appeared two days after his appearance, I interviewed uh, a very prominent Uh, a terrorist, specialist on on terrorism at the Rand Corporation. He's been doing this for 40 years. Uh, And he told me in this interview that he's very worried that, you know, you look at one thing of surveillance, you say, well, yeah, I can understand that. You look at another program, well, I can understand that. You put them all together, though, and he said that you're creating the foundations of a very oppressive state. Now, he wasn't saying we have a very oppressive state now, but imagine if say Richard Nixon, another Richard Nixon, or J. Edgar Hoover, or somebody like that becomes president, director of the NSA, you have the, the makings of a very dangerous situation. Do you know what that
0: makes me think of? Do you, do you know who else made that exact point a few days later in a video that was broadcast on the Guardian website? It was Edward Snowden. No, I agree with He it. said, we have built in secret the architecture of oppression, yeah, uh, the only thing that protects us from that oppression are a set of flimsy rules that will be swept aside if there's another terrorist attack or another war, um, and that we have a turnkey tyranny situation. That, mm-hmm. that if, you, if, you, if you build it, if you build this capacity, um, and, and you're relying on things like, y- y- you know, uh, rules and internal policies to, to protect us from abuses, that's very dangerous. He thought we needed to have laws. Um, he thought we needed to have decisions by courts uh, that would well, establish constitutional that's... principles to, to, to do those things. And I and completely so, yeah. agree with
2: that with That and I, I agree with with the stiffening of some of this oversight and some serious reforms in the oversight. And I'm very interested to find out what what President Obama is proposing. Some of which he can do by executive order. Some of which Congress will have to approve. But but see, it's again returning to the problem. Like let's take an example. The, the these new revelations about these these young people who broke into FBI headquarters forty years ago and 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 disseminated documents about. In completely illegal FBI operations monitoring the anti war and civil rights. Actually, on, actually but, it's not. No, but hold on. Why, why do you well, say I, that
0: was completely illegal?
2: Oh, because. No, no, it violated the law. There was. We, it, oh, no, just lay
1: out just what had happened for the, yeah. for the oh, sake of the Well, those Okay, remember. so so
2: these guys, <laughs> they, they break into. F- oh, sure and this is 1971. Yeah, they break into FBI headquarters and they. Find documents. This was in
1: Media, Pennsylvania. Is that right? Near yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, near Philadelphia. And they
2: found documents that that showed that the FBI was monitoring and, and even kind of disrupting anti-war movements, civil rights movements. It was a program called Pro that they didn't know what it meant at the time. But this li- now, my point is this: they provided those documents to a Washington Post reporter, and they remained you know, a secret for 40 years. They just came out, you know, last week.
0: The people did. Yeah,
2: the people did. So, but here's my point. They gave them documents about this. They did not turn over documents. I don't even know if they had them, but if they did, they did not turn over documents about the FBI investigations of the mafia, the FBI investigations of, of, of serious criminals, of, of internal, you know, of, of internal espionage or something. They didn't do that. I'm saying Edward Snowden did the equivalent of what these FBI guys did, the, the, the kids who broke it. Mm-hmm. But he also leaked a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do well, with his own Well, It sounds like he did something quite similar, which is
1: that just as these uh, thieves, then just as these thieves uh, you know, broke into the FBI mm-hmm. and then gave it to a journalist of the Washington Post, it just sounds as though uh, you know, you, one could argue that Snowden just had a bigger trove of documents that he disclosed I mean, to more journalists. I want to make a few points about this. I think
0: that one of, the, one of the reactions to the media Pennsylvania story coming out right now is, well, we all know that what the FBI was doing then was illegal. Actually, that wasn't so clear then, and it's not so clear now. The FBI still infiltrates groups of protesters. The FBI still keeps files on people who are engaged in First Amendment activity. But surely breaking no court. into an FBI Well, breaking no, in is, is breaking the law. but what I'm saying is that no court.
2: They they didn't even talk to each other for the next 40, no they, they court. knew that if they got caught, mm-hmm. they I, I'm gonna saying gonna go that, to that if, you yeah.
0: wanna, if you wanna justify the media Pennsylvania burglars on the ground that they only exposed illegal activity, uh, whereas Edward Snowden also, exposed activity that's deemed legal, at least for now, that actually doesn't hold up very well uh, because there isn't law as clear as you think there should be uh, about FBI surveillance. And certainly the FBI agents who were involved in that and their superiors were never prosecuted uh, for any of those. And and the civil suits that were brought against the FBI were dismissed on national security grounds. So so number two... um, you know, I, th- I think that so that, what you're that the is Fred,
1: that's a, it's an ambiguous case. Just as now there they're
0: are all kind of ambiguous. Some Number two, you know, I think that 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 Fred suggests that Edward Snowden was indiscriminate in his provision of information to journalists. Um, first of all, I dispute that. I think Snowden was pretty careful about what he gave to journalists. But second of all, you know, his instruction to them was. Um, I am giving you things that provide context. Um, it's not clear that everything that I'm giving you should be published. You need to make that determination with your editors. And I, I, again, I know I repeat this again and again, uh, but I think that, that, that uh, you know, many of Fred's criticisms um, should, must at least include um, the press, must at least include the reporters and their editors who are making the decisions about what the public gets to see.
2: Well, one thing that, that I, I at least know what Bart Gilman does I don't know what Glenn Greenwald does. and Or and what Spencer Ackerman of The Guardian also does. They don't just turn over these documents. Okay, let's, let's do the highlights. They have gone out and talked with people in the know. They've, right. they've gone over the documents with them. They've said, explain this to me. I don't understand what this means. Am I right that this, and Bart has said that on some occasions he was about to publish something and somebody told him, oh listen, you know, uh, that's really beyond the pale, and let me tell you why, in absolute confidence. And he said, oh, okay. And this this has gone on throughout. So I'm not condemning the, the newspapers as much as you think I am. But, you know, this has gone on for many years. I mean, Seymour Hirsch, who has been one of the most intrepid investigative reporters, you know, there was an operation in the 70s called Glomar Explorer, where a secret CIA operation, a, a Soviet submarine had sunk, a nuclear submarine. And the, the the ship that was a CIA-funded ship went out into the middle of the ocean and was putting down cranes and was trying to dig up some of the things that were in the ship. And Seymour Hirsch had the story and he wrote a story about it and he gave it to the director of the CIA, William Colby at the time, who convinced him that look, this is an ongoing operation. We're getting very valuable stuff from this, and uh, don't do it. And Hirsch said, well, you know, I'm a patriot too, and he held it until Jack Anderson, another investigative reporter, published it, and then Seymour came, came out with his, with his story. So the system works. The right? system worked, but, the you system know, works. Well, but you know what? Three days later, the whole area was surrounded by Soviet trawlers and the operation was disrupted. Uh, so I don't know, the system works sometimes, doesn't work on other times.
0: But you would also agree that there is harm to the country, not just from over-publication, but from under-publication, I that excessive secrecy and excessive classification um, is actually yes, a problem, and not only a problem is. for democracy, but also a problem for security. There's arbitrary
2: right? classification. A, a person I know in the Pentagon told me that she was reading a paper written by a colleague. It was stamped top secret. She goes, why, why is this top secret? And he said, well, nobody will read it if I don't stamp it top secret, which is true. but. Um, but this stuff goes beyond top secret. I would say that no. The stuff that's been published. I would say no. The American public does not need to know that we're intercepting emails of Taliban, uh, Taliban militias in the northwestern territories of Pakistan. I would say no. The American public does not need to know the catalog of techniques that the NSA uses to intercept certain kinds of communications.
0: And that is media criticism. Well, no, it isn't. Why not? Snowden,
2: Snowden look, if Snowden were responsible... He would have taken the documents that he wanted to be out and instead so, of just saying, here, here's a million documents. And so the reporters documents.
0: couldn't resist once they had them? I'm saying, I'm saying the you should, you're, you're, there, you're, look, but no, your your at your, least your includes turn. the reporters, doesn't oh. it? How can you say that Snowden is responsible for because, what the New York Times decided to publish? Because Solely because, responsible, solely because, responsible. It doesn't make any Dan, sense. Because Dan
2: Ellsberg... Because Dan Ellsberg. Because Dan Ellsberg, Wait, because Dan Ellsberg deliberately did not leak certain but, things that he well, thought... I, he I do really want to ask... It, I do want
1: to ask... So we have we've, we've, we've gone over this idea. I I'd want to ask you... You're someone who's been critical of a hyperactive uh, U.S. foreign policy uh, as well. Just uh, well, the hyperactive. I,
2: was, I criticized the Iraq War, the Afghanistan well, I mean, War. Yeah, you know. sort of. Yeah. You, you've been criticized. Of, now, one. What do
1: you make of the possibility that these revelations and constraining uh, an NSA that I think you both agree has, in a lot of ways, become unaccountable and dangerous, that that might actually constrain U.S. foreign policy, that that actually might make it less likely uh, that the United States will do some of the things that it's done over the past uh, decade and a half? Uh,
2: no, what do you, I don't see it. I mean, in the um, look, th- for better this, for worse, this, this is about you know the 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 whole business of of, of cyber conflict, cyber war, for better or for worse, and I think it's for better and for worse. This is a very active stream. All countries are penetrating each other's computer networks. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a new domain of, of conflict, and it, it is getting out of hand. But, but simply revealing how the United States does certain things. Uh, Doesn't do anything. I mean, for example, and and again, I'm I'm going to return to this. Snowden would also have had access to, for example, after-action reports of Soviet, of Russian, Chinese, French, North Korean, Iranian, other countries penetrating our networks. Why why didn't why didn't he include any of that information in the leaks? It's only the United States, Britain, Australia, New Zealand. what's in Canada. Uh, I'm surprised that you
0: think you know what he gave to journalists. I certainly don't. Uh, I don't know what's been included and I think that we've heard from the journalists that they've published only a fraction of what they intend to publish uh, and that they have dozens more stories in the public interest and you're acting as if what's already been published. In his
2: public comments, he's talked about Snowden's. He's talked about only the United States and Britain. And he's not talked about what Russians do, what the it's Chinese. It's true that do, Snowden's, what Snowden's what fundamental Iranians
0: concern do. is about protecting free societies. That's true.
1: But Ben, I have a question for you. One thing that you hear from many of Snowden's harshest critics uh, is the idea that by revealing certain aspects of, of tradecraft, uh, he's actually generated enormous costs. Uh, for the U.S. national security system, by virtue of having to find new ways of intercepting targets and much else, uh, do you take that argument seriously? You
0: know, I think that when we're talking about state power, um, you know, and I'll use this term again, that inefficiency can be a feature and not a bug. Um, we don't want surveillance to be so cheap, and in fact, it's the it's because of how cheap surveillance is that we've gotten into some of the pro- that we've gotten into the problems that we've gotten into because we're not talking about just surveillance of. Enemies and targets. We're talking about technology that has made simple dragnet mass surveillance of populations, collecting billions of records every day and storing it forever.
1: Uh, if if look, the NSA uh, so the is o- the same technologies that can be used on foreign targets can be used on domestic targets. Well, so even if I'm not if talking this technology- about targets, mm-hmm. I'm talking about dragnet
0: surveillance where the NSA collects everything and stores it so that it will have it for future use. Um, That, I think, is what is dangerous to free societies. That's what your friend was talking about when he said that he was worried about capability getting ahead of rules. Uh, and, And look, the NSA will always be able to do surveillance of a target. Um, you know They spend billions and billions of dollars a year on code breaking and hacking tools. They'll always be able to do targeted surveillance. Um, I do think that, that one of the major impacts of these disclosures um, is that the cost of mass surveillance is gonna be raised. As the technology companies themselves move to, to better encryption and more comprehensive encryption, um, the NSA is going to have to choose who it wants to do surveillance on rather than say, um, grabbing all of Yahoo's information, hacking into Yahoo's back door and taking everything. Again, if that's a result of this, um, I think that's
1: a positive result, not a negative result. So, last thoughts. Um, recently, uh, Brian Schweitzer, the uh, former governor of Montana and a- apparently an aspiring presidential candidate, uh, you know, said uh, you know, quite straightforwardly and, and even enthusiastically that he felt that Edward Snowden should be granted clemency. If five years from now that does, <laughs> that does in fact happen, uh, would you be disappointed? Would you think that something has gone badly wrong?
2: Look, to be honest, this might sound cold, but I don't care what happens to Edward Snowden personally. I, you know, that, that's, he, he is not the issue in my mind. Uh, I think what will happen uh, in the next five years uh, in, in one way, I think, I think you're right. Uh, the NSA, if, if they have been hampered in their you know, efforts to monitor, say, Al-Qaeda networks or something like that as a result of some of these leaks, they'll find other ways, and it'll be a higher cost. Uh, the technology companies... I mean, their complaints strike me as a little hypocritical. They have been actively complicit in all of this over the years. Uh, they have helped the NSA manufacture some of these code-breaking devices. Uh, they have allowed backdoors to be put into encryption systems. Yeah, everyone so
1: that, also has a lot of leverage over them. Of fairness. course,
2: I think. Look, Snowden. Whatever happens to him. I would agree, and and I've I've said this all along, and I I kind of am uncomfortable being put in the position of of, of being thought to be someone like, you know, Michael Hayden, who thinks he should be strung up and and, and, and hung. I mean, look, what, what Snowden has done is not treason. But I think, look, I think there will be, and he can be credited to this without doubt, there will be major reforms, at least in the oversight of the NSA. I think Obama will accept this one recommendation from the presidential commission that all of this information will be stored separately from the NSA. They will not have the storage, and if they want to gain any access to it, they have to go through a court to get that. Uh, That, I mean, they still might be able to do it, but it makes an extra step that they, they, you know, it it doesn't mean that 500 officials in the NSA can have access to all this stuff. It'll have to be only the director who makes this provision. There will be... You know, um, reforms along those lines. There will not be, I don't think, any reduction in the sort of worldwide scope of of, of, of uh, code breaking and code making to, to try to find, uh, you know, intercept communications from from adversaries and others.
1: Ben, a last question for you. One thing that's been really striking about this story is that an incredibly broad swath of the American public knows who Edward Snowden is and has an opinion about what he's done. What do you think are going to be some of the lasting implications of what's happened, uh, you know, regardless of uh, what kind of legal treatment he winds up receiving? In well,
0: States? I do think the most important single fact is that we in the United States, and in fact democracies around the world, are now engaged in the most significant and most comprehensive discussion or debate about surveillance technology and authority um, in almost 50 years. Uh, And I think that this, you know, what what Snowden revealed um, is what many of us had been anxious about, that that we had allowed our technological capabilities to outpace our democratic controls uh, in a way that over the long term could be dangerous to our free societies. Um, I think the fallout from this debate is going to be enormous. I think it's not just going to be domestic. I think it's going to be global. I think it's going to be technological. I think it's going to be enforced by the courts. I think it's going to be legislated by the Congress. Um, At the center of this uh, is someone who is shy, um, someone who um, is uncomfortable with being a global icon, uh, and someone who told Bart Gellman of the Washington Post, I think my part of this is done. My goal wasn't to change society. My goal was to give the society the information that it needed uh, to make whatever decisions that it it needed to make uh, about about what to do. Look, I think that it would be perverse uh, to to punish severely uh, the person who started a debate that would not otherwise have started uh, while we let off the hook um, all the people on the government side uh, who have been engaged in inappropriate and illegal conduct um, over over the last ten years. but but whatever happens to to Edward Snowden, um
1: I think there are going to be lasting and profound implications on uh, Western democracies. Fred Kaplan, Ben Weisner, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate your time.. Sure.